The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine featuring topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... Hear from the presidents of the American Foundation for the Blind and the American Printing House for the Blind. Welcome to ACB Reports for June 2018. American Foundation for the Blind in New York City and the American Printing House for the Blind in Louisville, Kentucky are two important organizations within the blindness community. Each year, both organizations have a strong presence at the conference and convention of ACB. Kirk Adams is the president and CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind. His presentation during the 2017 conference of ACB was entitled New Strategic Destinations and Directions at the American Foundation for the Blind. It's so, so good to be here. Um, the scholarship winners were worth the, uh, worth the trip. Just so excited about the future hearing, uh, hearing those young folks talk. So I am Kirk Adams. I am president of the American Foundation for the Blind. I'd like to uh, recognize Mark Reichert, who is one of our staff members. We're now rooming together in an office in Arlington, Virginia, as of about 10 days ago, as I've moved from New York to Arlington. I know there's bloggers, AFB bloggers, and peer advisors in the room. I know there's Access Award winners and Helen Keller Achievement Award winners about. So um, it feels like family. Uh, AFB always includes an ACB leader on our Board of Trustees, past board members Brian Charlson and Jeff Tomer here I know, current AFB Board of Trustee Katie Frederick is here. Uh, truly a pleasure working with and getting to know Katie better. And I'm not just saying that because she's one of my bosses now, but uh, she, she's a great person. So I, I read the program ACB Spark Success, so a, a successful American Council of the Blind is truly vitally important for blind people in our country. And at AFB, we want to support the council in every way that we can. I do want to recognize your strong leadership. Eric Bridges, as your director, uh, met him, uh, I think, the first day he was interviewing for a job at National Industries for the Blind 17 years ago. And Kim Charlson, I've known for almost 50 years. My retinas detached when I was in kindergarten, and I you know, became totally blind just instantly. And uh, I, my parents um, didn't know quite what to do uh, with that situation, but we, we ended up at the Oregon State School for the Blind, uh, where I started first grade. And I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't have the language for it. But you know, Kim and the other kids at OSB were role models for me, because they thought of themselves as regular kids, doing regular kids stuff, and they acted like regular kids, and because of them I got to see myself as a regular kid, so anyway, both Eric and, and Kim are on my uh, secret list of cool blind people. <laughs> I'm the sixth president of AFB, I'm the sixth blind president, and for those of you who don't know much about AFB, just briefly, uh, if you go to afb.org, there's tons of information. But we are a private nonprofit. We're not a membership organization like ACB. 
We were uh, created in 1921 by the professional associations in the blindness field. There was an association of workers for the blind, an association of teachers of the blind, and they both met and in their annual conventions uh, voted to put leadership and resources forward to create a new central nonprofit agency, which was to identify, understand, and address the most important issues affecting the lives of people who are blind. I know Helen Keller got some love earlier from your uh, scholarship winner from Louisiana, Jimmy, but Helen uh, worked for AFB from 1924 until she passed away in 1968, and we have a, a, a legacy uh, deeply tied to Helen Keller's life and work. Like all of you in this room uh, at AFB, we're working hard to create a world of no limits for people who are blind and visually impaired. Uh, everyone associated with ACB and AFB, you know, we know that all, like all human beings, blind people have unlimited potential to achieve, to create, to live fulfilling lives. Prior to AFB, I was the CEO of the Lighthouse for the Blind in Seattle. You know, I worked very closely with members of WCB, uh, attended lots of WCB state conventions. I've attended a number of national conventions with you all, Jacksonville, Louisville. You know, I know the firsthand the amazing work you all do, and uh, I know the ACB members in this room are, are living proof that there's really no limit to blind people's talent, our ambition, creativity, our courage, our compassion. But uh, you know, the reality remains that limits are being placed on us uh, in the form of barriers to inclusion in uh, nearly every aspect of life. And we all know that blind people face barriers uh, to equal employment opportunities, to educational and health services, to transportation systems, to electronic information. So at AFB, you know, we're working hard to understand why and how these limits are being imposed on blind people and what we can do about it. And I know every blind person in this room has had a limit placed upon them at some point. I had dinner last night uh, with some of my Seattle friends, with Glenn and Cindy and Mika, and you know, all very accomplished blind people, but I know how each of them has had to battle and struggle and fight to overcome barriers. And of course, I've had my own share. And one small example, uh, when I was a senior in high school, first day I went from my uh, math analysis class uh, to my physics class, I was lugging about 40 pounds of Braille textbooks and all was well, and I went to my chemistry class and the teacher told me, you cannot take chemistry. A blind person uh, will not be able to uh, conduct the required experiment. So I was you know, sent out of the classroom and assigned to a study hall, um, you know, case, case closed. So now, of course, I have met successful blind chemists. Um, your scholarship winner from Oregon is going to be studying nuclear engineering. You know, Cassandra, when she thanked you for her scholarship, she mentioned that she's you know, facing some challenges as a visually impaired woman pursuing a STEM career. But, you know, thanks, Cassandra, for fighting the good fight. So, you know, at the time I was unceremoniously kicked out of chemistry class. You know, at that time I didn't have relationships with any blind people. I, I had I'm gone from Oregon State School for the Blind into public school in, in uh, fourth grade. I didn't have any blind adult role models. I didn't have any self-advocacy skills to speak of. And, uh, you know, as Carthy mentioned in, in his scholarship acceptance 
remarks, in ACB, you're part of a community full of role models and expert self-advocates. I know we're all taking advantage of uh, this unbelievable opportunity here in Reno to learn from one another. You know, so back to chemistry class, a limit was placed upon me uh, by that teacher in that school, and I, I did not know how to deal with it. Um, I was not allowed to live a life of no limits. Um, but for the good news, right now we, we have unprecedented opportunities to create that world of no limits that we all know is possible. You know, advances in technology, uh, power of social media to help us share knowledge and organize, you know, research and data analysis tools that really allow us to dig deep and look at old problems and, and find new solutions. So, you know, in this world that's changing each and every day, we really need to be strong and decisive right now uh, to make sure that these changes contribute uh, to a world of no limits for people who are blind, you know, rather than creating even more barriers. You know, now, of course, we know individual blind people can and do overcome all kinds of barriers, and sometimes in really pretty remarkable ways, but at AFB, we want to make overcoming these barriers easier for all blind people. We had an opportunity to visit the New York Institute for Special Education in the Bronx, and we were interviewing some of the kids, and we, you know, we asked the, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up question. A little girl about six years old, totally blind girl, said, I can be a helicopter pilot if I want to. <laughs> so, so, you know, when she's in high school and uh, she walks into her intro to aeronautical engineering class with her white cane in her hand, I don't want some ignorant uh, so-and-so telling her she can't do it. You know, I want us to create a world of no limits for kids like her. Uh, you know, to that end, AFB just went through a year-long strategic planning process. Uh, we stepped back and asked what we can do as an organization that will bring the greatest long-term value for people who are blind and visually impaired in our country. And we talked to lots of people, both inside and outside of the blindness field, and uh, we received a clear answer. We were told that AFB should identify the most challenging barriers faced by, by blind people, to use research and data analysis to understand these barriers, to create knowledge about these most challenging issues, and then to share that knowledge in order to make positive changes in the lives of blind people. So that's what we're going to do. I thought it was very telling when Aubrey Webson yesterday commented that people with disabilities around the world, including people who are blind, live with the greatest disparities. And he said what he needs to do, his job is data. So that's what we're gonna focus on at AFB leveling the playing field, making the environment less challenging for all blind people by identifying key issues, using research and data to understand them, and then transfer that knowledge to people who can make decisions and make better strategic decisions on behalf of people who are blind. So I look forward to sharing all of that with you. If you go to afb.org, you can sign up for alerts. We'll share our work plans with you. We'll look for ways to work together and amplify one another's efforts. Thank you so much for having me here today and enjoy the rest of your convention. That was Kirk Adams, President and CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind. You can listen to ACB Reports, the ACB Braille Forum, and the eForum by phone. Just dial 605-475-8154. 
That's 605-475-8154. Want to enjoy ACB radio but have no computer? It's all there for you by phone. Call 605-475-8130. That's 605-475-8130. The long distance charges and minute usage of your calling plan will apply. ACB Reports continues with Dr. Craig Matter, President of the American Printing House for the Blind. It's, I appreciate the opportunity to come speak with you. We value ACB as a partner, and uh, your support has been instrumental in uh, APH's success over the years, and we want to continue that partnership. So I'd like the opportunity to come and just share what's going on. So I have three points the first one that you probably, or many of you probably have some interest in, and that is the Orbit Reader. Yeah. And you're basically, the question everyone is, when is it going to be available for sale? We uh, are doing our darndest, uh, and when I say we, I'm referring to all members of the Transforming Braille Group, working with Orbit Research, and it's just been, uh, on behalf of TBG, our apologies our original uh, plan for distribution was about nine months ago, but we have had one, I shouldn't say we, I'm taking credit for things that we have no control over. Uh, Orbit Research and their development and production facilities have been besieged by one issue or another. First was a monsoon. Uh, the second was they had a failure in some major equipment. And so they've been troubleshooting. Our last little thing as of late it has been an issue of a few what we call ghost pins. And those are those pins that don't disappear. Um, we believe that uh, I've been told by week's end they should have resolution to that and then production can be ramped up again. But the reality is, is it's probably going to be September before we start to see large numbers. And when I'm talking about large numbers, of course, I'm talking about a quantity of about 200 units being shipped per week, and that probably won't occur until mid to late September, all fingers crossed. Right now, they're coming in batches of 10 and 12, and they're going through intensive quality control at our facility because we want to make sure that we have less than a 3% failure rate, which um, is industry standard, and we want to make sure that the product we're delivering fully delivers on its promises. So that's what's going on with the Orbit Reader. We did uh, this, we, you are our guinea pig. I mean, we brought in 20 units this week and sold those very quickly here. That was the first sales of any kind other than one we sold to Stevie Wonder back in May as a personal request. 
so you were you were the first group to actually get to have the orbit reader and what we're hoping is that those lucky individuals will be able to give us some excellent feedback very quickly about if it's performing well, if they're having issues so that we can get those addressed before we go to we start getting those large shipments in. The second one, second point I wanted to talk about is we just completed a very lengthy one-year strategic plan and for those who have done strategic planning before, it's right up there with, with visits to the proctologist, I think. It's a long, drawn-out process. What came out of that strategic plan was, was two things. Is one is we went back to revisit our original charter. And in our original charter, um, it talked about being of service to anyone with blindness and visual impairment. And about, I guess, a, as things will have it, People tend to develop a focus, and our focus pretty much for the last 50, 60 years has mostly been on that K through 12 population. And so one thing that came out of the strategic plan was a renewed focus to look at the adult population, figuring out what are the needs of the adult population, not only just not only products in the essence of high tech, but what are the low tech needs of all of you. And that's something I'm going to be honest and somewhat embarrassed by we don't have a lot of information on. So we are going to be doing a lot of uh, reaching out to groups and saying, what is it you need? What's working? What's not working? What's that one little tool or device or product that might make your life a little better? Trying to find those things um, and so that we can deliver those all to you. And then the other piece that came out of the strategic plan is the idea that APH should have more of an impact. And what I mean by that is we've done a good job of staying within our lane, so to speak, but we realize that we have a larger responsibility to the community as a whole. And uh, we, st we start our statement with because APH. And it says basically because APH, there should be a, a national and international as well as a local impact. So we've started off with that, uh, and I'm not talking products here, I'm talking about improvement in lives of people with visual impairment and blindness. And so one of the first things we challenged all our staff with is accessibility. And so we, many of you have participated, we greatly appreciated that, but we've given ourselves a goal within five years we're going to make, this is on our local level, is we're going to make the city of Louisville, Kentucky the most accessible city in the United States. And we already have commitment from the mayor. We're already meeting with every major venue as far as getting every building mapped for indoor navigation. Uh, we are we're dedicating over a half million dollars to that process this next year. We're going after another million dollar grant from a local agency that promotes Louisville and we are looking everything from the airport to the ballpark, uh, to every city office building, to the malls, to the fairgrounds, to the amusement park. But our goal is to make the city accessible. And a big piece is we got into this work, and then the question I asked all of our staff is, well, what do we mean when we say accessibility? We know we have the ADA rules, but I'm going to be honest, the ADA rules never really went far enough, I believe. So we have reached out to all of you, and we're reaching out to the profession and anyone else, and we're doing these surveys about accessibility. We want to hear from people who deal with accessibility issues on a daily basis as to what makes a city accessible, 
what do you need in order to fully access the city? Where does the city need to step up? Where do services need to step up? So we're in the process of gathering that information. I appreciate President uh, Charlson and the entire committee here for allowing us to be here in your space to ask those questions. We also have an online survey, and I apologize, I don't have the URL with me on that one, but uh, you can go, we, we have that information, we'll get it out there on our website. But the idea is that we're going to use that information to further inform not only the work that we're doing at APH, but that's information that will be made available to ACB. Um, we believe that by the time we are done, we'll probably have close to 400 responses, maybe more, of folks addressing issues of accessibility. And to my knowledge, that is probably the largest survey ever done of blind and visually impaired people about accessibility. And that will be available to ACB to carry out your mission. That'll be uh, foundational information that you can use to, whether that's going after a grant or imploring uh, Congress to take action, um, but we feel like that's a, another way that we can have impact, is we can be a resource of information to help benefit ACB and its mission, and uh, so that's a lot of the work. So if you haven't had a chance to respond to that survey, I know our survey takers went home today. They're getting set up for the next conference they're going to, but that survey is available online, and you can do that in the comfort of your own home or on your own phone or however you choose to do that. And uh, we want to thank you in advance for all your help with that. That's the three points I wanted to hit today. And like I said, we continue to look forward to expanding what we're doing. If you have ideas, I will say that again. If you have ideas for products, if you have needs, please uh, contact us. There is a, a product submission form on our website. Or if you don't want to mess with the website, pick up the phone, get a hold of customer service, and Talk to them about what your ideas or needs are because we would really like to have that. Our goal with that is once we finish with this part of the survey is we'll be enlisting, of course, the, the chapter right there with Carla in uh, Louisville. As we move forward with this plan, we've had uh, several meetings with uh, city officials. And once this grant comes through, and that's our big fingers crossed, then we're going to motivate, or I shouldn't say motivate, we're going to mobilize an entire task force to, to really address these issues citywide. Our hope is then is that uh, the nice thing is two weeks ago we had a chance to meet with uh, four other mayors from Midwest cities and we showed them what we were doing and their question was how do we get that in our city? And that was Dayton, um, Lincoln, Nebraska, um, Pittsburgh, and I forget the other, the other mayor. But our hope is that if we can make this happen in Louisville, that will become a model for other cities to come see. And then our goal is not to go out and replicate that. Our goal is to get a hold of all of you within your cities and say, we've got the people who can help this make, make this a reality for your city. And we'll give you the templates, uh, how, we, how we did this, our strategies, and you can take it and adapt it for your city so that your city can then, then become more accessible to meet your needs and uh, meet the needs of all citizens within the city. A good accessible city is good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's such common sense. So I want to thank you again for all your efforts, and thank you for this opportunity. And with that, I know you got a lot of important business, so I'm going to exit the stage. Thank you. That was Dr. Craig Metter, president of the American Printing House for the Blind. 
The 57th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind will begin on June 29th in St. Louis. If you are unable to attend, you can hear the convention on ACB Radio, then catch the highlights on ACB Reports. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. ¶¶